0: Now we have to pause and do our favorite thing uh, and so we can pick... Uh, I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to go back and talk about ancient Egyptian
1: politics. <laughs> 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 That's my favorite thing. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James.
0: All right, I'm just going to take a a real quick minute of everyone's Uh time and say Uh uh, this. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome and thank you for being so supportive and loving. We do appreciate it. If... If you so happen to be uh, one of my family members oh. who recently has been sending me texts and emails um, about how much this show disappoints you because it's godless and full of horrible words and jokes <laughs> about sex, if you oh. so happen to be one of those those people, uh, I'm sorry that I have so disappointed you. But here's the thing. and Aaron, Are you ready? <clears throat> yes, I'm ready. All right, I'm gonna tell you a secret. I'm gonna tell everyone a secret. Do Um, it. A secret about this show. You ready? Here it is.
1: You don't have to listen to the show if you don't (laughs) like it! You can turn it off! You don't have to listen to it!
0: To be rejected by your own blood and only accepted by people on the internet. (laughs) And a couple of
1: Norwegians.
0: That's basically our whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Oh. Hey, we're gonna have a guest on the show soon. Hmm. Who? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you'll just have to wait and see. I guarantee it's gonna be an amazing surprise. Oh my god. Okay. Let Let me just tell you what it is. We'll mark it, and our listeners won't know. <laughs> we hope to keep our listeners, those who choose to listen to us, by their own free will. Uh, entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the, uh,
1: oh my god,
0: <laughs> odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way that, <laughs> I'm drinking again, coffee, too much of it. Uh, the way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So James, who do we have this week? This week we have Joseph Smith and Cambyses second, except not yeah, exactly. Because we're given the structure, of the old switcheroo. Ooh. Uh, Maybe someday, I probably we'll go back to having two people per episode uh, yeah. at some point. But for the big guys, it's got to be multi part. Right. Well, and. Yes. Well, what we had planned initially was to have Ken Bices and Joseph Smith on the same episode. And then you wrote a Bible. Yes. of information on Joseph Smith, yes. And you might say of... I wrote a Bible to Squeakquel on <laughs> Joseph Smith. <laughs> yes, you might yes. say that. Yes. Yeah, so we just kind of squeezed Cambyses out of there. Um, not the first time I've said that sentence, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, now we're just kind of playing catch-up. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Shall we go to the history lab? <laughs> to the history lab wait are we going are we going down or are we going up this time because we went down last time should oh, we go sh- up shoot mm. i'm tired of going down
1: <sighs> we're going down down and we're well, going down swinging sorry follow boy
0: we're going up <laughs>
1: <laughs> ignition sequence start six Burger meat, chucking cats,
0: marrying the wrong gal, misplacing an entire army, and sand, sand, sand. This is either an episode on Cambyses II, or a description of Aaron's college days. Only time will tell, or Aaron will tell me. I will tell you. That's a perfect description of my college days. I was an asshole. <laughs> I still am. <laughs> Yeah. Tell
1: me. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you
0: could mm-hmm. meet anybody in the world who is alive mm. right now, who would it mm-hmm. be? Frosty the Snowman. He's not alive. There yeah, he is. What? He lives on in our hearts, that pool
1: of melted ice. He is real friendly and nice. He's got a tall hat. And a carrot for a nose. But sometimes I hate to see him go Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Who would you meet?
0: Who would I meet? Mm. Uh, who is alive today? Yes. I would really, really like to meet... Dan Carlin. Ooh. That is... Yeah. That is exactly what I expected you to say, you giant sell-out. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, not a sell-out, no, because Dan Carlin is the best. If I had to meet, if I could meet anybody, it would probably be, like, Dan Carlin, if it's can related you, to history. Can you imagine, just this is what I picture us talking to Dan Carlin would be, and we were not talking, of course, but kind of like how all the, the children and the feeding of the 5,000, how they all sat at Jesus's feet, and he just yes. talked all day. That would be us sitting at Dan Carlin's feet, and he would just tell us the ways of, of history. And we would be in awe, and then he would give us fish and loaves of bread. That's how I... That's, that's my fantasy, at least. <laughs> He'd turn water into wine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Dan Carlin, pretty cool guy. Uh, I'd
1: really if like you that.
0: haven't listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Podcast, <laughs> head on over there because it is the history podcast. It's freaking amazing. It is really good, and I would say, also, there's, a, there's one series he did called Blueprint for Armageddon. I talk about oh, it all the time, yeah. but it's now behind a paywall of, like, $2. Mm. Trust me, it's worth it. It's okay. the best one he's done, in my opinion. Okay. It explains so goddamn much, but enough about that. Because we've been literally talking about that for a year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, <clears throat> instead of uh, bringing up two people today, we summon only one. Witch of Endor, please bring up Cambyses the Second. I met a witch. She's actually listening to the podcast. Oh, sweet! Hey, I'm all for witches. Yeah. Hello, witch. We know you're listening. Does she, <laughs> does she prefer that?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think she
0: likes being called a witch, but I think oh. it's an inside joke. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it might be. I hope she's not like super offended, but whatever. Well, we've insulted our listeners before. <laughs> when we've, we've done it before. <laughs> we'll do it again. Yes. Uh, so, uh, James, tell me. I know nothing about Cambyses mm-hmm. the Second. All right. And mm-hmm. uh, what
1: what is he? Uh, what is he best known for?
0: Oh, best known for? Um, best. Oh, then I'd give away the big, the big reveal. No, I'm gonna tell you what he's like. Second best known for. And that is Cambyses II is second best known for being the son of Cyrus the Great and the second emperor of the Achaemenid Persian Empire. I have no idea what any
1: of those words mean.
0: Ah, yeah, I know. Uh, He's an ancient king 2,500 years ago who did some stuff that we'll talk about. Perfect. It sounds boring, I know. And some of it is. (laughs) But we'll get through it, don't you worry. And then we'll get to the big reveal. The big... Shall I say mystery? Did you say mystery? Misery. Mystery. Misty. Get that T in there. Mystery. (laughs) 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 So let's get to the mystery, shall we? Excellent. The first mystery to solve is, I gotta ask you, what did he look like? Ah, his physical description. Cam yes. the second. looks like an angry, stony man with classic Persian hair. Uh, he looks like a guy who would murder a cow if you ate one of his Oreos. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. And believe it or not, there is some cow murdering in this story. No. Oh, yeah. No! Yep. Oh, and speaking of cows, that's actually, yeah. That's actually one thing I left out of the other. <laughs> Their show
1: about Joseph Smith. Oh, yeah? great story on that special episode. We're just never going
0: to leave Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith will never leave us. Ah. <laughs> He's... A part of all of us. Yes, he is a part of all of us. But, uh, James, what do you say we just head into Cambyses the second, uh, Second's Early Life? Well, seeing as we have no other content, let's go. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling <laughs> through our uh. non-existent script. Yes, we don't have a script. No, no, no. All right. Cambyses II, early life. All right, let's go. Okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about this guy. All and right.
1: Ancient Andrew- history. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. To begin the life of Cambyses II, we really need to start with his old dad, known to us as Cyrus the Great hmm But calling Cyrus the Great Cyrus the Great isn't really fair. You see, his actual title upon his death was Cyrus, the Great King, King of Persia, King of Anshan, King of Media, King of Babylon, King of Sumer and Akkad, and King of the Four Corners of the World. Wow, he got to all four corners? <laughs> the earth is flat. There is the undeniable are... proof right there. <laughs> the earth is fucking flat. And if you don't believe that, you're anti-science. You're anti-Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, understandably, Cyrus the Great is also sometimes referred to as Cyrus the Conqueror. Very anyway, good. we will definitely cover Cyrus in a future episode episodes, as he is one of the most compelling and influential leaders of the ancient world, blah, blah, blah. But for now, here's just a brief history of Cyrus, which we need to know in order to
1: understand the context. You ready? Oh, there's that there's that C word again. The context. C word. Oh, we don't like context, James. No, no. Because if we have context, it means we have to be understanding and accept nuance, which ugh. That's just—it's that's just so wrong. It ties my ponytail in a knot. Exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which ponytail? I've braided my <laughs> armpit hair. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd never said that. <laughs> There's an image for you. So, so. so
0: give us the old context, will All you, buddy? Alright, right. so All Cyrus right. was born around 598 BC to his father Cambyses the I. Makes sense. Ah. Who was mm. king of Anshan, which is now in southern Iran. So when his okay. dad died uh, and Cyrus took over the throne, he rebelled against the Medes instead of swearing fealty to them and then proceeded to defeat them. Uh, Which is really complicated, and I just summed it up in one sentence. So he's king of the Persians, the Persians are under rule of the Medes, and instead of paying the Medes what the Medes needed, (laughs) now I'm starting to rhyme, (laughs) he threw, he did not give the Medes their feed, which they needed. (laughs) He did not heed the mead feed. (laughs) The Medes needs a feed. (laughs) How much greed. (laughs) But from this point on, a seed was planted. All right, I'm done. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so what did he actually do? He's now in charge of the Medes and the Persians. And we'll cover all that. It's complicated and stuff. We'll cover that when we cover Cyrus the Great. Okay, anyway, so he's in charge of the Medes and the Persians, and he used brilliant strategy and good leadership skills to sweep across most of the Middle East and add most of it to his realm. That was a terrible sentence, ah. but... Well, way. it sound j- just sounds like, I mean, George W. Bush, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished, Cyrus. Relevant!
1: Mission-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Cyrus has this big empire now, and it's known as the Persian Empire, or also the Achaemenid Empire. And by okay. the time of Cyrus's death in 530 BC, his empire included modern-day Turkey, the Caucasus, Israel, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Kuwait, and parts of Arabia, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. So a pretty fucking Shit. big empire. Yeah, that's a big deal. You don't usually think of those places as being united. No, no, definitely not. Not in, the, not in the modern day. No. Not at all. No, and uh, anyone who can unite those areas is well, deserves to have great in their name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, during all of Cyrus's years of conquering and ruling, somewhere along he had a son who he named Cambyses II after his father Cambyses the First. Gotcha. But unfortunately, we have no idea when Cambyses II was born or pretty much anything at all about his early life because this was 2,500 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, children didn't exist back then. <laughs> no, they just popped up at 16 with a birthday cake. Stork, dropped them, and then they died when they were 22. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway, so Cambyses' first mention in history is after his dad Cyrus captured Babylon. And Cambyses was given the job of basically running affairs in this important city, including various religious and ritual affairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then in 530 BC, his dad went to go do some more of the old conquering and then mysteriously died. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so there's a ton of speculation as to how Cyrus the Great actually died. Oh, Your that's him. Ringing. That's him calling me. Oh, you should pick it up. I, I'm going to pick it up. All right, let me get it. Okay, so we don't know how Cyrus died, um, but right. we'll cover that when we cover him on the show. Blah, blah, blah. But what we do know is that the transition of power went rather smoothly, as Cyrus had basically made it pretty clear that his son, our guy, Cambyses II, would inherit the throne of the Persian Empire. Hooray! Right, now here's where (laughs) things get a bit tricky. Of course. Uh, History and especially ancient history is full of we don't knows and conflicting viewpoints that are difficult to prove either way. So with this next part, I'm going to take the commonly held view, but bear in mind there are other views out there. Yeah, gotcha. So let's talk about some good old ancient family Persian discord. <laughs> that's which will my be the favorite topic? <laughs> It'll be the title of my first rap album, that's for sure. Oh god. All right, great. <laughs> yeah. So Cyrus the Great dies. His yes. eldest son, Cambyses II, has been ruling Babylon for his father and is now going to inherit the throne. Good. 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 <laughs> Good. <laughs> However, Cyrus had a second, younger son named Bardia. Oh, mm. but Bardia's part in the narrative is where things get complicated because we don't really know what he did, how he died, or who he even fucking was. <laughs> Great. Uh, so some sources say that Cambyses killed his younger brother right away because he didn't want any family competition, but it seems that most people, including including good old Herodotus, uh, think Bardia stuck around for a while. Stuck? So that stuck, stuck. around. Yes, <laughs> stuck around for a while.
2: Herodotus.
0: It's
1: Herodotus! (laughs) Right? Am I wrong?
0: I've heard both, actually. You're probably right. God Uh,
1: damn
0: it. Well, Lord History says Herodotus, so...
1: Herodotus. Oh, he's gonna be so pissed
0: off that you're talking about Herodotus, really. Here we go. Herodotus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Herodotus. Herodotus.
0: (laughs) Herodotus. All right. Uh, So Bardia is still alive. He's the second son, but remember him. He's going to come up later. Anyway, I know that's a bit confusing, so here's what's important. Cyrus the Great creates the Persian Empire. He dies, and then our boy Cambyses II takes the throne around 530 BC. Then there's also the younger brother Bardia, who will come back around later because he might just have a claim to the throne himself. Only time will tell! Oh! <laughs> it gets more interesting, I swear. I, I was going to say, because ancient history is so, like, not detailed that it's really hard to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. But what? Well, go ahead. I was gonna say, you're doing a great job so far. Okay, perfect. And it, it, it gets weirder, alright? It gets weirder. We've got some weird... Oh, you're gonna like this. We've got... We, we're we gonna cover propaganda that has <gasps> survived 2,500 <gasps> years. It was so good. Yes! hmm <laughs> I love propaganda! <laughs> I, I know. Um, wait. I
1: know. Okay. So, right, so, what? so here... Here's my thought. Okay, alright. Yeah, alright. I'm
0: marking this. I'm marking this. 30. James D was researching for today's episode, but in typical James D fashion, he was naked and also behind, with his naked behind. James D was a slacker, but not that big of a slacker. Just slack enough, but not always. Let's go back to four minutes before the start of this recording. Here we find an alternate dimension James D who is depressed. Researching for today's episode. Behind, as always, and fighting
2: to get his research done before recording time. Oh god. I gotta finish this episode. I have four minutes left. I can't get this done.
1: (laughs) Hello, James D. Oh, hey. Hey?
2: What are you doing here?
1: I'm here to mess up your research and destroy your history lab. Or at least tell you how to properly pronounce Herodotus.
2: Again? Jesus, my life, my whole life, my work, my love, all for nothing. Uh, Are you,
1: are you okay?
2: I don't even know what okay means anymore, Lord History. To be honest, all I have in my life is this podcast and not that many people are listening. I speak into the abyss. I have become the abyss. The abyss and I are one. Imagine how much my life sucks. I'm stuck with an idiot alcoholic co-host who only wears blue jeans and t-shirts with holes in them, and an irritating cat that is as blazed as the ruins of Pompeii and is convinced he's a person. In this universe, Lord History is unemployed, because James
0: D. and Aaron C. are already destroyed on the inside.
1: I'm just gonna go now, get some toast to strudel, and read some, uh, history.
2: I wanna die.
1: Alright, baby, we're back, and it's into Camp the second's adult
0: life. And James is gonna take it away again, so I hope you'll all give him your undivided attention, because we have a... Happy, James, in this universe, I presume? Indeed. Always happy, always snappy.
1: I'm James. I'm your pappy. I don't know. (laughs) Very good. That was very disturbing. why don't you...
0: That was a... I loved it. I mean... Oh. I am... I am... (sighs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, James, Mm. tell us about Cambyses II's adult life and make it interesting. Yes, I will make it interesting. (laughs) So, when we last left Cambyses... Uh, So very long ago, he was now king of the Persian Empire. Uh, Perfect. And things are swell with the empire. Actually, they're not swell at all, because our boy Cambyses II marries the wrong lady. The wrong lady? (laughs) The wrong lady. Yeah. (laughs) So now we have to pause and do our favorite thing, uh, and so we can pick... uh, I lost my place. (laughs) 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 <laughs> All right, we have to go back and talk about ancient Egyptian politics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my favorite
0: thing. All right. Perf. So, I'm going to try and make this as least confusing as I can for you. All right. Okay, so there's this pharaoh of Egypt, right? Right. But I'm not going to tell you his name because he dies. Oh. <laughs> He's actually killed. He's actually murdered oh. in a violent oh. uprising.
1: Whoa! Charcoal, <laughs> and <laughs> and leading,
0: yeah, it, it got got crazy. Leading this rebellion is a lad named Amasis the Second. Okay. Amasis. I don't know. Amasis. 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 It doesn't it matter. Ocean. We're a- Americans. <laughs> we can't <laughs> pronounce anything. Exactly. Amasis. Amasis the Second. And Amasis. Amasis. Yeah. 필- <laughs> H- Mooses. <Campbellité> <amasis->. He is a douche canoe. All right. Excellent. Yeah. So, Amasis takes over Egypt through bloody means and kills the Pharaoh to take the throne of Egypt himself. Well, then Cyrus the Great, who we talked about earlier, remember? Yeah, him. Yeah, uh, yep, he yep, does yep. some conquering and creates the Persian Empire, which comes all the way right down to little Egypt. So there's this kind of standoff between these two emperors or empires, kind of like a Cold War. Uh, Amasis is leading Egypt, and Cyrus is leading Persia. But then oh. Cyrus dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: I zoned out.
0: (laughs) That's fine. I don't need you to be following. I just need the Lord to be following. Okay, so Cambyses II takes over Persia. Uh, But tensions are still really, really uh, tall. Really, really high. (laughs) Really warm. Uh, I think it's tall. Tall. Tensions are very tall. (laughs) Not high. Tall. Uh, Tall tensions. I'm high, but, yeah. I know. So Cambyses doesn't really want war with Egypt at this point because he has other priorities. Uh, shit, I, I messed up my joke. I'm marking. Marking? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> but Cambyses doesn't really want war with Egypt at this point because he sees other priorities at the moment. Actually, he doesn't see at all because he's got a boo-boo in his eye. What? <laughs> And where are all the best eye doctors? Well, they live in Egypt. (laughs) They still do. (laughs) So Cambyses sends a very polite and friendly request to the Egyptian usurper, Amasis, asking to borrow a good eye doctor for a bit because he's got an eye boo-boo. Right. Are you following? I am... I got eye boo-boo and an emaciated pharaoh. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, perfect. So here comes number one of the four reasons why Amasis, the new pharaoh of Egypt, is a douche canoe. Uh, And actually, this is kind of number two, because rebelling and killing the pharaoh so that you can become the new pharaoh is kind of a douchey thing to do. Douche canoe? Douche canoe. So here's number two. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Number two. All right, (laughs) right. so here's number two of why Amasis is a douche. Got it. So Cambyses asks Amasis for a good eye doctor, and Amasis says, "Of course, uh, right? Because he doesn't want to piss off Persia and start a war." Smart. So Amasis goes to the to one of his eye doctors and says, "Hey, bro, you're going to Persia whether you like it or not. Also, you can't bring your wife or children, so they're staying here. Fuck you." Okay. So this poor eye doctor is forced to leave his family and travel to the distant Persia, and understandably, he's pissed. So this eye doctor goes to Cambyses and starts telling him how much of a douche-canoe Amasis is. So that's strike two against Amasis, and this all makes sense. I'm painting the picture, and then you'll see the picture upon completion, and you'll be like, Oh, that's a pretty picture. Alright. Right. All alright, 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 like, wh- what year is this? The year in our lord, it's like 2,500. Oh, uh, wait, no, that's, that's wrong. That's in the future. <laughs> <laughs> This is like 2,500 years ago, around 500 BC. Okay, okay. okay, somewhere in there. Good to think. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> it is. I'll have the years all right, later. All right. Okay, so we're talking about how Amasis is a douche canoe. Reason number three why he's a douche canoe. Is oh god, this gets confusing. There's this other guy named Phanes, who is a Greek mercenary, tactician, and counselor working for the Egyptian pharaoh Amasis. He's one of Amasis's top guys, right? Okay, right. Well, the two get really mad at each other for reasons we don't know, so Phanes is like, screw this, I'm gonna go work for your competitor, the Persians, and off he goes. Well, Amasis, oh. the Egyptian pharaoh, doesn't like this at all, so he sends a hitman after Phanes to either capture him and bring him back in chains or to kill him. And uh, oh. the hitman does capture Phanes and puts him in chains, but then Phanes is a smart cookie and manages to get the hitman and his guards drunk and then escapes <laughs> to Persia where, of course, he's pissed at Amasis. Right! So Phanes enters Cambyses' court and tells Cambyses... Look, I'm not telling you to invade Egypt, but if you were ever to do so, I could tell you all the best ways to defeat them, because I used to be one of their top military leaders. <laughs> Before they tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, can you see where all, all of this is going? Um, yeah, it's headed to a not-so-great place. Yeah, Cambyses is basically having his case built for him as to why he should conquer Egypt. But he really just needs one more reason to invade. One more douche reason. Yes, so reason number four why Amasis, the pharaoh of Egypt, is a douche canoe. Cambyses decides that, you know what? Let's put aside our old differences and disputes. Persia and Egypt should be friends. And what better way to organize that than for Cambyses to marry the daughter of Amasis, a royal wedding. Right. Right, Right. Yeah. yeah. So he proposes this idea to Amasis, and Amasis is kind of pressured into agreeing... But here's the problem. Amasis really loves his daughter and doesn't want to send her off to Persia. So he needs another girl to send instead and for her to pretend she's his actual daughter.
1: Oh! Which is a
0: foolproof plan. (laughs) And to make it even more foolproof... Why not send a girl who hates your guts? (laughs) What? Surely she won't tell anybody about the secret. So, Uh remember how Amasis killed that earlier pharaoh that I didn't name uh, to take the throne? I forgot, but now I remember. Well, that ex-pharaoh had a daughter. So, (gasps) Amasis sends this girl, whose father he had murdered, to marry Cambyses and lie to him about who her father actually is. Oh, God. Well, the girl doesn't fucking lie. <laughs> She's like, look, uh, right. I'm not Amasis' daughter. I'm the ex-Pharaoh's daughter, and I'm pissed. Right. And she tells Cambyses everything as soon as they're married. Um, and Cambyses is pissed that he's been deceived and married the wrong girl. So it is time for the Persians to invade Egypt, uh, because Amasis is a douche canoe. Are you on board, good sir? On the douche canoe. I am. Okay. I, I'm, I'm here. I understand that Amasis, Amasis, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Amasis, whatever the fuck. Uh, he is a douche canoe, I can tell. Yeah, And so now the Persian. Because Herodotus is definitely not biased against the Egyptians. Uh, no, for sure. And we'll get into <laughs> no, no. <laughs> We'll get into all that in a bit. Uh, right, we'll go. get into that later, folks. I know that's oh. one of my, <laughs> my go-to lines, but I love it. <laughs> and... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, so our boy Cambyses II is going to invade all Egypt land. So he gathers up the forces of Persia and starts heading south. And then he allies with the Arabs who give him more troops and let him march through their land to get to Egypt too because just like in Age of Mythology, everybody hates the Egyptians. Right. I actually don't know if that's true, uh, but I was thinking about Age of Mythology uh, that video game a few days ago, and I was like, yeah, I'll throw it in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Okay. So, um, so at least everybody hates the usurper Amasis II because he's a douche canoe. Even right. Egypt's own allies are mad. The Greek island of Samos, which at this time was quite powerful, was Amasis's ally. And they help him ah. by not helping him at all. They actually <laughs> switch sides.
2: <laughs> oh! Oh!
0: Oh yeah, they send forty triremes to help the invading Persians. Uh, Top ten anime betrayals. <laughs> ex- yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> okay. So
0: Amasis is kind of scared and fed up with all of this, so he goes off and dies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and his son Samtik the Third, and I did look up the pronounce the pronunciation of that, Samtik the Third. He is now the leader of Egypt. Samtik, the Third, right? Okay. So Cambyses and the Persians are getting closer and closer and closer. <sighs> okay, now do you remember... Okay, wait, th- so hold on, all hold right, on. Amasis yeah. just kind of died off screen. Yes, it really did. So he just like ran away? No, he just, just died. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> That's all I have. There's all this buildup about how douchey he is, and then he just dies. <laughs> That's history, I guess. I know, it's anticlimactic. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Do you remember that guy Phanes, the Greek tactician yes. who switched sides? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um... Well, now, Amasis' son is, uh... I'm skipping his skipping... Okay, well Phanes, this Greek tactician, his sons are still in Egypt, which is bad because he's kind of a traitor. So hmm. Samtik Third, who is now the leader of Egypt, he rounds up Phones's, uh sons, places bulls around them, slashes them until they bleed out and die. Collects the blood in the bowls, mixes it with wine, and then drinks it. Oh! Mm Mm-hmm. Which very well could just be Persian propaganda that has survived 2,500 years. Yeah. Uh, But it's a fun story either way.
1: (laughs) No, it's not! It
0: is. It's a good wine, too. Oh, my God. Uh, Then it also rains in Egypt, and everybody pisses their pants because it just does not rain in Egypt. So it's a bad omen. Which also could be propaganda. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, finally, Cambyses and the Persians arrive, and things don't go well for the Egyptians. Oh, no. The city of Gaza fell after a long siege, and then the Persian army crossed into Egypt. And in 525 BC, there's that date for you, uh, the two armies met at Pelusium. Uh, Okay. And we do not know anything about this battle, except that the Egyptians lost. And they lost bad. Uh, Hmm. One guy even claims that they lost 50,000 guys, while the Persians only lost about 7,000. Yeah. Well, heck, that's quite a dang defeat. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty big one. And Herod... The Egyptians are just like, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) 50,000 down. Dang it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those numbers also could be propaganda. Really. Absolutely, or exaggerations, yes. because how the hell do you count 50,000 men <laughs> in 2500 yeah. B.C., which is not the year 500 B.C., but pfft, screw it. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to the Jocko podcast recently, and he was talking about this interview with some guy who fought in Vietnam or whatever, and he was like, yeah, the body counts were not reliable mm. except for when we won. Oh, <laughs> so- yeah, because then you know, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: well not even that,
1: but like when we won, we like won
0: super big oh, baby yeah, for and when sure. we lost
1: it was like oh, it was only a minor defeat. We, we lost we just dropped some napalm. <laughs> yeah. We only lost 3 Forget men it. and uh, they didn't
0: die. They just became democrats. That's why we lost them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. So Herod Otis who uh, okay. <laughs> uh, who would travel to Egypt like sixty or eighty years after this battle writes that there were even huge piles of skulls still on the battlefield, which we Shit. know <laughs> because he takes time to mention and describe how Persian skulls are different than Egyptian skulls. Uh oh. I guess Egyptians have harder skulls. That's what he said. Yeah, and he also says because. They didn't wrap their heads in cloaks, which the Persians did as like an extra defense because they had soft skulls. I don't know. Are you kidding? Are you making that up? No, I'm not making it up. It's in the history. God, I love Herodotus. Yeah, Herodotus. What a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to pause here and say one thing about the Battle of Pelusium. So there's this other guy, not important, but I'm gonna name him anymore anyway. Uh, P- Polyanus, who lives Polyanus, Polyanus, meaning he has many anuses. Poly, many anus, the anus. <laughs> <laughs> this is why my mom doesn't listen <laughs> to the show.
1: <laughs> so, Alright, anyway,
0: he lives 700 years after the battle and likes to exaggerate things in his historical writings. Right, okay. so not very reliable. Yeah. But I'm including this story because it's so funny. Um, It's so great. So, Polyanus, (laughs) he writes about Pelusium and explains why the Egyptians were just annihilated. Uh, Is this true? Probably not. But here it is just in case. We've all seen The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, right? Oh, right. (laughs) Yes, the best movie ever made.
1: Oh, and uh, because
0: of this movie we all know that cats are very very important to Egyptian mythology and culture, right? Meow. Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, yep. they were basically like the guardians of the afterlife or something like that. I don't know. I'm not an Egyptian <laughs> mythologist All right, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Paulianus wrote that Cambyses knew the Egyptians held cats in such high esteem to the Persians though of course cats were just cats so Cambyses had his Persian soldiers bring cats onto the battlefield. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, uh. Now just hold on. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> so all these Persian soldiers are holding cats. <laughs> <laughs> when the Egyptians saw this, they were horrified because how are they supposed to fight an army or shoot arrows into it without hurting any of the kitties? Uh, right? Yeah. And things yeah. only get worse as the two sides take approach. take care of my kitties, Julian. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> so as the two sides approach, the Persians just hurl the kitties at the Egyptians, oh. which oh. makes the Egyptians totally freak out because now the holy animals are everywhere and they can't hurt them and it's just a shit show.
1: Oh my god. So if, okay. the,
0: if the image of Persians hurling cats at <laughs> Egyptians isn't enough... Here's an actual image that made me laugh far longer than it should have. And yes, it's a painting of Persians <laughs> hurling cats at Egyptians. And I'm going Where is I'm it? going I to send this it. picture to you. Uh okay. we'll post it on Twitter because it's so
1: beautiful. <laughs>
0: Alright, here's the here's the link. All Tell right, go, me go, go. <laughs> your reaction. Okay, okay. I'm copying the link. Copy. copy. Oh shit. I hate mouse pads. Alright. Mm. Uh, boom. Here we go. That is (laughs) insane. That's way better than I could have imagined. Oh, it is. (laughs) He's got like a cage full of kittens, and he's just riding around (laughs) with kittens flying through the air. And the detail on the cats twirling through these through the sky is just amazing. The Egyptians are like cowering. Oh my goodness! This is a painting from 1872. We've got we've gotta post it tomorrow just as to, just so people what? know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah uh, I'm saving it right now. Don't let me forget. I won't. <laughs> Cats and Persians. I'm saving the picture right now. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So did this happen? Probably not. But you can see why I had to include this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So that's the Battle of Pelusium. Anyway, the Egyptians lose, and Samtik III, and the remnants of his army flee to the citadel city of Memphis, Tennessee. Except not okay, uh, Memphis, Egypt. Uh, right. We just like to steal city names, because we have no creativity. <laughs> anyway, Cambyses thinks that enough is enough, so he sends a boat down the Nile with some diplomats to make some uh, some peace talking, right? Uh, But when the ship enters the port of Memphis, the Egyptians ran down to the ship, killed everybody inside, ripped the bodies apart, and then paraded the torn limbs through the streets. (laughs) Jeez. Wheeze.
2: ah, ah.
0: Again, could be (laughs) Persian propaganda. Uh, But either way, Cambyses decided to take Memphis. But then again, it might not be propaganda. People were horrible back. People are horrible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. true. and I can see a yeah. crowd just ripping people apart. I mean, we have instances of crowd rule, crowd mobs just ripping people apart. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, pretty terrible. So, uh, so now Cambyses is pissed, <laughs> uh, and he he lays siege to Memphis. He takes it, slaughters a whole bunch of Egyptians, captures the pharaoh Samtik the uh, Third, and uh, then he he digs up. Um. Shit. Where, where am I? Where am I? He he digs up what? He digs up the father of his own should have been. Fa- oh my God! I messed that up. Can we remind? Wow, dude. You. I even I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is so obvious. This is so obvious. I'm just gonna. All right. Just gonna start over. Deep breath. Cambyses digs up the douche canoe Amasis. That's right. That's it. Yeah. That's I all did it he does. for you. Thank you. Thank right. you. He digs up that douche canoe Amasis. And, uh, he, in the words of Herod Otis, (laughs) treats it with every possible indignity, such as beating it with whips, sticking it with goads, and plucking its hair. As the body had been embalmed and would not fall to pieces under the blows, Cambyses had it burned. So he digs up the mummy of Amasis, whose not-daughter he had married, and, uh... (laughs) Yeah, burns it up. Wow. As for what happened to Samtick Third, he was allowed to live under Cambyses' watchful eye for a bit because he was basically just a little kid. Uh, right. But then Samtick tried to start a rebellion, it was found out, it drank some bull's blood, and died. What? I don't know, man. <laughs> the ancient times were weird. <laughs> okay. That's all, uh, that's all I've got.
1: That's all I've got. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: But after Memphis fell, the Persian conquest of all Egypt land was completed. And it was here that Cambyses II may have made a big oopsie. Oh, no. He killed a cow. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He killed a cow. And I'm not sure exactly when he killed a cow somewhere along this whole conquest story. uh huh. Uh-huh, but at some point, uh-huh. he killed a cow. And not just any cow, uh- <laughs> but an apis cow, which was meant to signify an Egyptian deity, Or maybe the only reason I know what that is, is I played Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, and we'll get to Assassin's Creed Origins soon. Don't you worry. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. So an Apis cow is basically just a holy cow. Um, They may have even (laughs) thought it was a god. (laughs) Oh, god. Uh, I don't know. Oh, cow. (laughs) Yeah. So whatever the case, Kambises wants a burger and kills the wrong cow. (laughs) Uh, And because of this, he gets a good old Egyptian curse thrown at him. Um, oh. and his later acts, which we'll get to, his alcoholism, which apparently he had, and his death, which is kind of funny and sad, are all attributed <laughs> to the curse of the killing of the Opus Bull. I love curses. Mm, yeah, it's a good curse. I curse all the time. <laughs> and a, Only on the show. A cow curse is, uh, it's the best curse. Mm. Oh. Eat more chicken. Yeah, yeah. Alright, we're almost done here. Let's, let's... If that's not an ad for Chick-fil-A, I don't know what <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, Chick-fil-A. What is it with cultures and having holy cows? I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Hindus and the Egyptians and uh, Chick-fil-A. It sounds like a question for Sam Harris. So for now, life is good for our boy, Cambyses. And by good, I mean not good at all. <laughs> okay. He tries to conquer Kush, which is to the south of Egypt, but it was too hard to cross the desert, so he had to retreat. Uh, Then there are some Egyptian rebels holed up at Siwa, which is an oasis town far to the west of the Nile and in the middle of the desert. Right. This is important, okay? Okay. The Siwa Oasis. So, turn on your little brain and remember this. (laughs) (laughs) It's on. It's on. It's on and ready. Click. So there are these rebels, (laughs) there are these Egyptian rebels at the Siwa Oasis, and Cambyses is like, I can't stand for that, rebel scum. So he sends an army to Siwa, and the invasion doesn't work. Oh. Just remember this, okay? We're gonna get back to this later, but just remember that. And you too, audience. You're here too. Alright. Anyway then, Cambyses wants to attack Carthage, but some of his subjects, the Phoenicians, who are countrymen with the Carthaginians, refuse to help fight against their kindred. so that whole plan is scrapped. Well, uh, as it would be. Yes. Mm. Now, I mentioned this guy a little bit ago. Cambyses has a younger brother named Bardia. Remember him? Uh-huh. And this whole time Bardia has been with Cambyses, conquering Egypt, leading the troops, etc. Blah, blah, blah. And everybody loves Bardia. He's smart. He's strong. He shares his Oreos with the troopers. He is great. (laughs) Everyone loves Bardia. Sounds like a great sitcom. (laughs) It does, yeah. Oh shit, that should be. There we go,
2: you did it. (laughs) Honey, I'm home. Honey,
1: I'm in the bedroom, Bardia.
2: Oh boy.
1: What do you think?
2: What? Honey, what are you wearing? Do you like it? Like it? I can barely hold myself back.
1: Only you can. It's a bow sent from Ethiopia. Oh, you strong enough to pull back its string. Oh, honey, let me get my arrow. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: the king of e- Ethiopia, Sans Cambyses, a present, uh, a giant bow. Um, Bad cambyses he can't pull it back because the bow is just so strong and big for him. Uh, but of course, his little brother, Bardia comes in, pulls the bow back without any trouble, gets the whole court a-laughing, and Cambyses is like, yeah, he's gotta go. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so Cambyses secretly kills his little brother. Oh. Uh, and actually, nobody finds out. He, he does uh, it, uh... How, uh, yeah. how do we know that he did it, then? Ooh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Actually, we'll get to it right now! Um, oh, come on. <laughs> <all> right. <laughs> So an imposter back in Persia, claims that he is actually Bardiya, and that he should be the rightful king of Persia. So this guy, pretending to be Bardiya, pretending to be bardia that's a tongue twister, seizes the throne back in Persia, and many of the Persians side with him because he lowers taxes. He's like a Persian Ron Paul. Got it. Uh, now, there are some different opinions on who this usurper was. He might actually have been Bardia. He might ha- actually have been a guy posing as Bardia. We don't really know, like you uh, like you uh, asked about. Uh, yeah. So either way, Cambyses gathers up his army in Egypt and beget, begins to head back to Persia in order to kill off this rebellion uh, that maybe his brother, maybe not his brother, is leading. And that right. is where we will leave Cambyses until we return to his end and death. I like it. Okay. Kind of. Well, I know. It's, um, this will all make sense later on. All right. All right. All right. And later on, is that, like, right now? Well, right now, after this short commercial break. We're going to take a break. I don't know. Do you want to take a break or do you want to do a fake commercial? Cool. James, I'm sad. Why are you sad, Aaron? I am sad because we have a great podcast and not that many people are listening. Oh, no! I wish we had more listeners. So do I. Has this happened to you? Podcasting is hard. And we are harder. That's why we need you to like, rate, subscribe right now. And to help you with this, we have a three-step easy program to get you back on your feet. Step one. Log into iTunes. Step two. You're really not helping with this. Step two. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Find We Talk About Dead People's Home Page. Step three.
1: Go down to the ratings and give us whatever rating you think we deserve. Preferably... Death.
0: <laughs> Alright, so we're going to Cambyses the II's end in death, is that right? We are right there, yes. Brilliant, let's go. So Cambyses is marching back to Persia to deal with the rebellion. And then he dies. What?! Yeah. Just like that? It's just like that. He's going back to deal with the rebellion, and mm-hmm. then he just dies? And then he just kicks the old bucket. The old All right, Persian what are the bucket. A, a Persian... <laughs> yeah. Persian bucket. They yeah. wrapped him up in a Persian rug and rolled him down the hill. I don't know. Alright. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's mm-hmm. dead. Okay, yep. so mm-hmm. there's yeah. like four million different opinions about how he died, isn't there? Four different opinions oh, that I could find. Oh, okay. well, close enough. So, uh, Darius, who later became king of Persia and was land-spare to Cambyses at the time, says that Cambyses killed himself because he thought victory over the rebels was impossible. Which seems illogical. Yeah. <laughs> because at this time he had rallied his whole army up. He was like, yeah. let's march on! Oh, wait, it seems too hard. I'm gonna kill myself. Arr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Just be, just be propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Some modern historians think that Cambyses was assassinated either by the rebels themselves or by Darius in order for him to more easily take the throne, which he later did. Yeah. Uh, seems more likely. That seems more likely. <clears throat> yeah, but then we have good old Herod Otis. Okay. <laughs> uh, along with one or two other ancient authors, and they have a much better story, which I'm going to tell and which I'm going to accept because it's it's just, I don't know, it's funny. So in their story, Cambyses and his army are just marching along until they come to the place in Egypt where Cambyses had murdered that sacred
1: cow so many years before. Oh my. The curse is back. Uh Uh-huh. And it's here that- Woo!
0: (laughs) Alright. It's here in this sacred spot that Cambyses' scabbard breaks and his own sword pierces his thigh, which causes a wound that quickly gets infected, spreads, and kills him off. Uh, how is that related to the curse? It was the curse that broke the scabbard. <laughs> Classic so cow curse. The history. <laughs> <laughs> so eat a Chick Fil A or you'll break your scabbard, get infected, and die. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever the case, Cambyses the Second died, and all you and for all you treasure hunters out there, his tomb has not yet been found. So, grab your shovels and get a going. I'm going right now. But if I don't we have need a shovel, f- if we need funding, actually, we could. Uh... <gasps> yes. Let's go to the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. You're probably okay. thinking to yourself. Why the fuck did James pick someone as just obtuse as Cambyses II? Someone as standard as Cambyses II. That's second, true. He was just some yeah. king who did some shit. Didn't really, you know, add anything. Um, And he's not talked about much. Except for this one thing that got me interested in the whole Carmuffin. Okay. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So remember back... To when I told you to remember do you remember uh, the Siwa Oasis right the hometown of Barack sane. I wasn't gonna say that no
1: what's <laughs> the guy's name and it's
0: Assassin's Creed is it Bar it's not Barack it's like oh that guy is ba- he Is Bar- he from Siwa he's from Siwa oh cool yeah Um, but it's not Barack it's like I don't know Bjork whatever Bjork. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Okay, so Bjork's okay, from Siwa, too. So we're in Siwa. Yeah. Okay, so back in the time of Cambyses, all these Egyptian rebels are at um, at the Siwa oasis. So he Cambyses sends that army to march to the oasis and take it out, right? Right. And the Siwa oasis is... It's a huge oasis. Like, you can look it up online, and it just stretches as far as the eye can see. It's crazy. Um, like 30,000 people live there today. It's, it's huge. And it's just out in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like 350 miles from Cairo and the Nile. It's just in literally in the middle of the Sahara desert. Wow. And he's mar- or he sent 50,000 troops to, uh, to go conquer the Siwa oasis. Are you with me? I am with you. All right and it's here while I, where i will blow the dust off of my good old the histories by herod otis <laughs> okay. are you ready i'm ready okay now in, in this in this uh this paragraph he says the ammonians the ammonians are basically the Siwans, the people of Siwa. so there's and the just the cleanest a... people around because ah, of ammonia yes <laughs> yes <laughs> all right okay so this is what uh herod otis says in regards to what happened to this Persian army... Oh, wait, that's my sentence. Shit. Okay. <laughs> In regards to what happened to this Persian army, Herod Otis says, And those of the Persians who had been sent to march against the Ammonians set forth from Thebes and went on their way with guides. It is known that they arrived at the city of Oasis, which is not Siwa. It's a different oasis. Many oasises, oasises. Right. Uh, and I'm going to skip a, a little bit, and then he comes back to... It is said that the army reached this place, but from that point onwards, except the Ammonians themselves and those who have heard the account from them, no man is able to say anything about them, for they, the Persians, neither reached the Ammonians nor returned. This, however, is added to the story by the Ammonians themselves. They say that as the army was going from this oasis through the sandy desert to attack them, and had got to a point about midway between them and the oasis. While they were taking their morning meal, a violent south wind blew upon them, and bearing with it heaps of the desert sand, it buried them. They oh. disappeared and were seen so more, thus the Ammonians say. Okay, Creepy. so let's reiterate. 50,000 Persian troops are swallowed up by the sands of the desert. Okay. They just vanish. And here's the mystery. This is this uh this whole mystery is usually referred to as the lost army or the last the lost Persian army or usually the lo- the lo- I can't talk the lost army of Cambyses. All right. Hmm. And it's an ancient mystery that has yet to be solved. So, this I heard about this and I was like, "Holy shit, there could be 50,000 dead um Persians out there. This is awesome. I gotta I gotta look more into it. So I did. Uh, and here's what we got. Um, yes. Go! Um, I'm, I'm like dying here! Okay. Uh, basically, people have been trying to find the Lost Army for thousands of years. Uh, because whoever finds it will go down in history as basically a real-life Indiana Jones and super, super rich. Right. Uh, a couple problems with this, though. First of all, it may never have happened in the first place. Right. Herod Otis was writing several decades after it happened. It happened before he was born. Also, uh, he has a tendency to exaggerate and sometimes even to make shit up in order to flare up the narrative. Uh, Now, interestingly enough, recently, uh, popular opinion has begun moving back towards Herod Otis uh, on many things he wrote. Uh, Things we once laughed at, we're now (laughs) figuring out that he was right all along. Um, Wow. Which is really interesting. It's starting to swing back into his favor. Um, But, so just because Herod Otis said the story happened doesn't necessarily mean it didn't. However, uh, this could have been Persian or even Egyptian propaganda that survived for 2,500 years. For the Egyptians, this story could show how the gods hated and punished the Persians or something and set the storm to destroy them. And Mm -hmm. for the Persians, it could be attributing the loss of an army to mere disaster rather than actually losing to Egyptian rebels. Makes sense. Yeah. So both of these are very real possibilities. However, none of these reasons completely rule out the possibility that it actually happened. That 50,000 guys were swallowed by the desert. However, the other problem with finding the lost army are A. It would literally be in the middle of the Sahara Desert. And B, it would probably be deeply buried. Two major problems. Two major problems. This hasn't stopped hosts of Egyptologists and adventure seekers uh, from going out and trying to find it. And some have even stated that they found pieces of human bone, parts of jars, or parts of armor and weaponry dating back to the 500s BC. Uh, But again, it's nearly impossible to be in the desert for very long. And with the recent political climate in Egypt, it has made it very hard for foreigners to spend much time in the desert uh, looking for this lost army. But here is what I've got. Here's what I I could find on it. Okay. Uh, In 1933, famed British war hero, army officer and adventurer Ord Wingate organized an expedition to try and find the lost army. He didn't find anything. But again, the desert is fucking huge. (laughs) Yeah, and it's 1933. There's not, like, exactly tech. No, yeah, he's got a shovel and a jeep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, here's where things get crazy. Okay. From September 1983 to February of 1984, like six months, Harvard University... The National Geographic Society, the Egyptians' Geological Survey, and a few other big-name organizations funded a six-month search to find the lost army. So it's more than just legend. Um, Right. There's a good chance that it's out there. So this whole expedition involved 20 Egyptian geologists, laborers, camels, a plane, and ground-penetrating radar. So here we go. Um, They they searched 100 square kilometers of the desert and... (whistles) They did find something. They found 500 Zoroastrian-style graves. Zoroastrian-style graves. There we go. Zoroastrian. Yes. (laughs) Which uh, Zoroastrianism was the religion of the Persians. So it's weird that that's out here in the middle of the desert. Uh, Unfortunately, though, these graves were later dated to a thousand years before the lost army disappeared. Still an amazing find, but not no lost army. Uh, they also found a carved sphinx in a cave, which is kind of weird. Um, mm, I like that. Mm. Yeah. Now here's where things get even more crazier. In the oh. year 2000, a geological team from Helwan University, which is in Egypt, went out into the desert in order to look for places to drill for oil. And in their digs, they found small parts of ancient metal, well-preserved fragments of textiles, and even human remains that the university thinks might be, uh, maybe remnants of the vanguard of the lost army. And, uh, the Egyptian Supreme... If it sounds like I'm moving furniture, it's because I am. I have to plug in my computer. Oh, okay. Plug it in. Carry plug on. it out. Uh, the Egyptian Supreme Council of Antiquities announced that, yeah, we're gonna organize a huge-ass investigation of this... Uh, but unfortunately, nothing yet has come from this investigation, because Egypt has been going through a political madhouse the last 20 years, Yeah. with all sorts of coups and riots and police states and things like that. All that good stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, promising, but nothing yet. In November of 2009, two Italian archaeologists, Angelo and Alfredo Castiglione, uh, ...declared that they had found the lost army near the Siwa Oasis. They claimed they had found pots, human remains, weapons, etc. And there are pictures you can find on the internet of desert full of bones. Uh, but, um, they released all of this in a documentary rather than in a scientific journal.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: And they're not official archaeologists, they're basically self-proclaimed archaeologists. Also, they've made several shockumentaries in Africa, filled with all sorts of violence, gross sexual acts, etc. So, um, looks like it's just a power grab, or a a fame grab. Um, Something like that. And Egypt has not given the two brothers permission to dig anymore, (laughs) because (laughs) nobody takes them seriously. I am so surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Other than these mentions, though, I didn't find any other leads... Uh, there are bastardizations of these same stories out there, but nothing too new as far as I could tell. Uh, I did find one story from a forum with a guy claiming his dad served in the British Army in World War II, and he said that one of his dad's friends got lost in a jeep delivering a message in the middle of the desert during the desert war against Rommel and the German forces. So this guy was hopelessly lost in a desert driving around, and uh, he came over a hill to find a whole field of dried-out bones poking out of the sand. Oh. He eventually made it back to British forces, and nobody believed him. Right. Is this true? Probably not. It was from a random forum online, but it's still a pretty awesome story. Gotcha. Uh, And then fictionally, the Lost Army has appeared a few places. Paul Seussman wrote a novel called The Lost Army of Cambyses, which I actually got and read simply to find out more, uh, and to prepare for this episode. And I was greatly disappointed, Paul. Aww. Uh The book was fine, but the problem is the author tries to make it into this great mystery as to, uh, this secret discovery that's been made out in the desert. And there's all this buildup and drama and tension surrounding this huge secret discovery in the desert, but, guy, you can't ruin it by titling your book after what the discovery is, The Lost Army of Cambyses. So there's just no <sighs> tension whatsoever. It's stupid, and I was disappointed. Nice. Okay. Uh, the Lost Army also appears in a Hellboy novel entitled The Lost Army, which I also read for this episode. And, um, it's a Hellboy novel. Exactly <laughs> what you'd expect.
1: <laughs> Woo!
0: Uh, The Lost Army also is apparently in Tess Gerritsen's novel, The Keepsake, but I haven't read it. Um, Oh, and uh, you fight the corpses of the Lost Army in Assassin's Creed Origin. What? You do? Yeah. I didn't get that far. Yeah, you do. Nice. So that's kind of cool. Um, Finally, there are quite a few YouTube videos and even some podcast episodes claiming to have pictures or information on finding the Lost Army, but be careful... I didn't see any of these ha- uh, that had actual credentials. Um, right. So That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. It's the internet. So for now, until Egypt quiets down and we can actually get some professional teams out there, we just don't know about the lost army of Cambyses. That's
1: too bad. But pretty
0: cool. Pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought to finish, there's also a poem about it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and I thought that you and I could
1: read it together. Oh, oh, okay. The, uh, it's it's do the, the, do you want to, do you want me to do the first line? You do the second. Well, the third. You there's do the some in,
0: there's some in parentheses, and I'll do the parentheses part. You just do the normal part, right? Okay, okay. okay so here's the poem. The, it's written by American author Robert E. Howard, and the poem is entitled
1: Skulls and Dust. Oh shit! All right, you ready? The Persian slaughtered the apis bull. Amun-Ra is a darksome king. And the brain fermented beneath his skull. Egypt's curse is a deathly thing. He rode on the desert raider's track. Amun-Ra is a darksome king. No man of his gleaming hosts came back, and the dust winds drifted somber and black. Egypt's curse is a deathly thing. The eons passed on the desert land. Amun-Ra is a darksome king. And a strange... Danger trod the shifting sand. Egypt's curse is a deathly thing. His idle hand disturbed the dead. Amon Ra is a darksome king. Till he fanned Cambyses' skull of dread, whence the frenzied brain so long had fled, that once held terrible visions red. Egypt's curse is a deathly thing. And an asp crawled from the dust inside. Amon Ra is a darksome king. And the stranger fell and gibbered and died. Egypt's curse is a deathly thing.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! So, that was cool. Yeah. Shall we head to the surface? <laughs> Perf!
1: Perf!
2: Ignition sequence start. Six.
0: Oh James, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? I was going to say I was going to go looking for the lost army of Cambyses, but I think I'd rather join the lost army of Cambyses.
1: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, sand party. Sand
1: party! Ain't no party like a sand party! Sand in my toes, sand all in rows... Get your putty, get your putty, get your putty at the sand putty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't. We are high. Yeah, (laughs) we are so high right now. What are you going to do?
1: I'm a scat man. (laughs) I don't
0: know. We are
1: sued. (laughs) We are so sued right now. I'm the computer man. I don't know. You are a robot. Would you please ask me what I'm going to do for the rest of the day? What are you going to do for the rest of your day?
0: (laughs) Let me tell you something. It's going to be great.
2: Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm probably going to play a video game and scream.
0: What game? What? What game? I don't know. (laughs) I want to become a YouTuber. What can I say? Mm, mm Mm-hmm. So I'll probably play some stupid horror game that I found online. Or
1: Fortnite!
0: (laughs) Have you played Fortnite? I have never, and I will never. Why? You've played it, haven't you? I haven't! (laughs) Uh, How did... Well, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate tweets tweets, to WTADP Podcast. Podcast. That's probably the best way to get in touch with us. We like Twitter. Actually, I hate Twitter, but I'm on it, so there you go. We'll read all of your tweets and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider consider sharing the show, reviewing the show, liking the show, all that stuff. Um, Or funding the show. That's a big one. Uh, You can become a patron on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as a dollar. As much as it costs to fire a candle. Uh, helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com I'm really fucking this up. You're doing great, buddy. (laughs) You're doing
2: great. (laughs) Fuck off.
0: (laughs) With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of Cambyses II's Lost Army play you
1: out. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) I'm <laughs> <laughs>